What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Lisa Rance Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Smith. And this episode is all about intuitive eating and having a healthy relationship with food and body image. It is something I've really wanted to discuss here for a while, and I finally found the perfect guest to come on and educate us about it. Melissa Smith. Melissa is a registered dietitian specializing in helping women improve their relationship with food and their bodies to find inner peace, confidence, and food freedom. Using an intuitive eating, non-diet approach, Melissa brings light to the myths about food and weight that hinder many women from living out the self-compassion and self-care that they deserve. Through online counseling services, Melissa deep dives with her clients step-by-step to heal them from years of dieting and body image issues and brings them to the other side of joyful, nourishing health. She provides so much valuable information and even during our conversation today, she drastically shifted the way I see food and my body and diet culture. So I know you guys are really going to love this episode and receive so much value from it. Melissa is really like helping shift the way women feel, see, and take care of themselves. So yeah, without further ado, let's hop right into this episode. But one last thing I want to say, if you're interested in learning more or even, you know, interested in working with Melissa, which I highly recommend, please check out her Instagram at intuitive.eating.mindset where you can see all of her amazing content and even, you know, just DM her to work with her for one-on-one coaching. All of her links and resources that she provided and mentioned in today's episode will be linked in the show notes. And last thing, please don't forget to subscribe and follow the Lisa Rance podcast on, you know, the Apple podcast app and Spotify. And also please leave a review. I really enjoy reading them. They make me so happy. And I'm going to start posting them on my Instagram um, at Lisa Rance. So, okay, I'll stop ranting now, but I love you guys and I hope you enjoy this episode. She's Lisa and she rants. You are now listening to the Lisa Rance podcast. Melissa, welcome to the Lisa Rand podcast. Hello, so excited. I'm so excited to have you today. I'm really interested in this topic and just everything that you have to offer, everything that you post on social media. I just really resonate with it. And I think that this will be such a valuable episode today for my listeners. So really excited. Yes, thank you so much. Um, and thank you even for saying that you like the post. Oh, that, that makes me feel good. And Hopefully I can bring some value today. Yeah, they're so good. And I've just, I've really been interested in the topic of intuitive eating for a little while now because I'm someone who I feel like I'm on kind of like my health journey and I just want to like learn to eat the right way, but I've never really resonated with diets and things like that. And I just think everything you post, I'm just like, I love it. I just, I feel like it's so true, so relatable. And I think it actually puts people in a really healthy mindset of just like how to eat and how to nourish our bodies. So even just like, just to start, like, can you just tell us a little bit about you, your backstory? Like what, what do you do for people who don't yes, know? <laughs> definitely. So I am a dietitian, and I am specializing in helping women to heal their relationship with food and with their bodies. Because 
like you said, I mean, this is a big thing for women. A lot of us struggle with eating, with body image, with knowing what to eat. And we live in a diet culture. So I'll talk more about that and what that means, diet culture. But it's just the reality. It's we, you know, we're so bombarded by um, media. And thankfully, it's starting to change now, you know, so hopeful for this next generation. And a lot of shifts have been happening. But it's still something that a lot of us struggle with. And women, um, you know, they really tie up their worth with their weight. And so that's something that I help women to untie that <laughs> and to realize that um, weight, you know, does not equal worth, but also weight does not equal health either. So we'll, we'll hit on that and, and why, because that's something that unfortunately the media and healthcare doctors, dietitians for years, we've been taught that weight equals health. So we'll talk a little bit more about um, that. But as for myself, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching with women. In my background, you know, I, I struggled with nutrition and eating and body image for most of my life. Um, I felt like the bigger kid when I was younger. We ate a lot of fast food. Like I, I had zero idea about nutrition growing up. It wasn't really until college that I even like thought about being healthy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just that interest sparked for nutrition, but I really fell hard into like the dieting world when I did start to get interested. Cause you know, unfortunately what's online isn't always <laughs> the best information. So it kind of, that started my path. My interest actually started, um, in aviation, but I was just, I got to a point where I was just like obsessed with food and nutrition and fitness and all these things and wanted to learn more. And eventually I, be I switched my major and became a dietitian. And that's where things really started to click for me. But even on that path, I wasn't even introduced until intuitive eating until um, I actually became a dietitian. So it's, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Like my philosophy changed as a dietitian. So it, I, it's not a popular yeah. concept. It's not well known. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, you know, what sparked your interest in intuitive eating? Cause I feel like it's kind of this term that I've been hearing a lot in like, I guess in the past like two years, but I don't really know like what it means and how were you able to discover mm -hmm. that for yourself and what, what about intuitive eating clicked for you? Yeah, I think um, it has been getting more traction lately, which is awesome. A lot of dietitians and just people in general have been shifting that paradigm, shifting their thinking a little bit. And uh, intuitive eating has been going around some more, which is awesome. But it actually um, was first created in 1995 by two dietitians, so Elise Rich and Evelyn Tribule. And they, um, they, what's, what sparked their interest basically for intuitive eating was research that came out about starvation and satiety. And they were seeing how dieting wasn't effective, wasn't working. And there was a mm -hmm. really like landmark study, um, created on, on starvation. So basically what happened was they took healthy, fit military men and uh, who were eating around 3,000 calories or more a day and were super active, um, healthy in every category, 
and they put them on a 1500 calorie diet. So it wasn't even, it wasn't total starvation, right? It was just like a low calorie diet, low for them. And the standard for women, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And after that, you know, there was just horrible effects. So there was a lot of, um, side effects to that. And that, that study, which I might talk a little bit more again and bring that up again, but that basically sparked the interest for these dietitians and they based their career on, okay, if, if dieting doesn't work, then what's the alternative, right? So intuitive eating is basically a framework. It's an evidence-based framework that involves, you know, the dynamic interplay of, instinct and emotion and thought. So it's eating for more than just, you know, like some people say with dieting more for than just fuel or aesthetic. It's like, we have a lot of reasons to eat and we need to figure out how to incorporate all of that. We need to be able to use our instinct, use our emotion, use our thought and that piece about nutrition and what we know, but also about our basic, you know, biological signals that we have and the emotions that we're feeling. So intuitive eating is a framework. It's an ongoing practice. It's not a diet. It's not rules. It's really about learning it's individualized it's like you're on a journey and you're you're having self-awareness and you're figuring out as you go what works for you and it's a focus on not only nutrition this framework but also on just health in general so there's you know self-compassion there's like the psychology piece and there's um exercise as well so all these things you're kind of looking at um so that's a little bit. I mean, there's a lot. There's there's 10 principles of intuitive eating. I don't know if you want to go over that as well. Yeah, I mean, if you if you can, I mean, I, well, first, I just want to say, like, I just love what you just explained, because I do think that, um, you know, obviously, when I reached out to you, I love that you're kind of an, anti-diet, and I know we're going to talk about that. But I just think that, um it really is about listening to your body. And I think what diets do, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of like, you're not really listening to what your body needs. And then it's also kind of messing with your mindset, like, everything's connected. And I think I love what you said about intuitive eating, because it's like, you thinking like following these rules and eating a way that we think we should eat, it might not actually be beneficial for our bodies (laughs) like at all. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly right. It really affects your mindset and it creates distrust with your body. And okay. Yeah. So I love that. When we think of the opposite, so dieting, I'm going to go over a lot of like the symptoms of dieting and of course more about why dieting is so harmful. But looking at the characteristics of an intuitive eater, when you become an intuitive eater, you begin to rely on your internal hunger and satiety cues. Now this is difficult for chronic dieters though because they've ignored those cues for so long and they're so out of touch with it so it can it can be tough it's good to work with an expert because if you've been a chronic dieter it's hard you can't just you know like um all of a sudden just uh rely on your internal hunger and satiety cues it's thrown off those hormones you know ghrelin and leptin or or our hormone sorry ghrelin that t- signals to us that we're hungry increases when we're dieting and our hormone leptin that signals to us 
when we're um, satisfied and we're full, leptin decreases with dieting. So that's so thrown mm -hmm. off. So it's hard, but that's what we want to get to. That's the goal. As you um, are building trust back with your body and you're having that mind body connection and that food choice congruence where it's like my body, you know, I want something, I'm having cravings, I'm hungry, you know, and I'm, and I'm able to start to build trust with my body. I'm able to eat regularly. So at first, maybe if someone's really can't rely on those signals, it's just about establishing regular eating and, and eating, you know, eating well-balanced, eating enough calories, getting a good baseline, because for a lot of dieters, they're under eating, um, of course, because they're restricting. So yeah. But yeah, the characteristic of an intuitive eater, you're attuned with eating, you have unconditional permission to eat, you know, you're not worried about um, denying your hunger, and you're eating for some different reasons, mostly physical, but sometimes it's like you can, you can really um, bring in that emotion and that instinct, and you're not going to struggle with emotional eating, but you will give yourself permission that if you want to use food for comfort and joy, like that's good. We should find pleasure with food. So the benefits of intuitive eating is increased variety of foods, increased body appreciation, increased body trust, increased body cue awareness, interoceptive awareness. You're like enjoying your food. You're, you're noticing those cues, um, improved well-being, proactive coping, optimism, glycemic control, improved HDL, decreased disordered eating, decreased triglycerides, decreased thin idealization. So there's a lot of benefits. With yeah. <laughs> wow. So many. <laughs> that is awesome. And I think even just listening to you, um, I loved when you touched upon the fact that, you know, it might be hard for people who have been you know, dieting for most of their lives to kind of get in touch with that. And I think that it's, that's why it's so important to have, you know, coaches like you who exist for people to work with, because, you know, I do think even for me, um, thinking of the concept of intuitive eating, it's, I struggle with it, because I'm like, I am someone who kind of, you know, craves like sugar and sweets. And I'm like, well, is that I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to crave this or, you know, and kind of just, I feel like someone like that would need to work with someone like you to kind of, you know, understand like what our cravings and why are we craving these things and, and kind of learning just how to eat better instead of like using a diet and having all these strict rules. So I really yes. yes, exactly. It, it can be really helpful. Um, you know, on your journey to work with a professional work through those things that you're struggling with and those questions that you have so that you can have a great outcome. So you can stick with it because right, if you're really struggling, it's easy to want to give up and go back to dieting, but dieting so harmful. It's like, we don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, first, can we, I want to backtrack because I want to talk about anti-diet a, a ton because I love that. I love that you preach about that, but I think I want to go back to what you said when we first started, because you touched upon um, like basically um, your weight, like on the scale and how we shouldn't really look at that. And for me, I've, it's been, you know, I've said to myself, like, I just don't weigh myself anymore. Cause it's just yeah. that number. I just don't really see any good, like kind of knowing the number all the time or checking that number. Um, so I just wanted to see like, I wanted you to touch on that more if you could. 
Yeah. So I think what helps, I think that's awesome what you're doing because you don't have to, you know, weigh yourself and, and check in with that because weight in itself, I mean, it's, it's kind of useless. It's pretty much useless because the BMI is bullshit. If I can say that, yes, you can. <laughs> it was, you know, it was created by racists. It's, it wasn't based in medical science. It was like created by a mathematician and it was created for men. I mean, a specific body type. So it doesn't, it's not even accurate really for women or different body types. There's no like diversity in there. Um, and so we're comparing men and women of you know, the same way. Um, and it doesn't show us anything. It's weight and it's not showing us body fat versus muscle mass, which is important, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. yeah, for health. I mean, if you have a massive accumulation of body fat that can affect your health, but you know, we can weigh more and people can weigh more and, and it may or may not, right. Maybe some people have a higher body fat and they're still healthy. So a lot of times we tie up our worth with weight because we're just taught that and we get scared into it. Right. And that's, we think, well, I want to be healthy. I think at the core of most people want to be healthy. Um, but also when it comes to tying our, our worth, uh, into our weight as women, I mean, that's just been the message we've received everywhere we've received it at the doctor's office we receive it in media and um with models and branding and everything has always been about weight and being a small weight and messages of happiness and health and fitness are usually like a thin person there so it can be tough but you know what helps is it's so crazy too, because I know women struggle with this so much more than men. Mm -hmm. And there's an awesome Ted talk that I recommend. Um, I, I might have to just, uh, give it to you for your show notes or something. I can't recall the the name of it, but yeah, I'll definitely put in the show notes. It was so good and so powerful because, um, of course women struggle with that and, you know, we have all these messages of, we need to smile. We always need to, um, we need to care about our appearance and we are made to feel like we're just a body or like the body is the most important thing. And for men, it's not that they're, they're so dynamic, you know, it's like, it's about their career and it's about their intellect and, and all these different things. And for women, we are made to feel that, our, our biggest value that we bring to the table is our body. So if we don't fit that ideal body type, we feel worthless. We feel like we're not, we're not showing up with that value that society expects us to have, but that's something that within us, we can change. We don't have to follow that crazy made up, you know, ideal by a few people and that thankfully is starting to shift and change. That's a personal choice. It doesn't feel like it, right? A lot because we're thrust in this environment. We need to survive. We have those instincts, survival instincts and wanting to belong with the tribe, wanting to fit in. And so if we've been hearing those messages, like for you to survive, for you to fit in, for you to get that pat on the back and, you know, um, be part of the tribe, for women specifically, it's like, well, you, you have to maintain your body. 
your body is your value. And we've always had those airbrushed, perfect message, you know, and everything mm -hmm. <laughs> that was never realistic to begin with. So we, a lot of women carry a lot of shame around their bodies of their normal, beautiful bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I recommend that Ted talk. Um, and you know, how do we get over that? How do we overcome that and learn that our weight does not equal our worth, right? Mm -hmm. Cause subconsciously a lot of us believe that. So it is hard to overcome, but it helps when you start to take those actions against that personally in your own life and intuitive eating really helps with that because everything with diet culture is about that thin ideal yep. weight loss. Everything is to, is to shrink your body. Everything is to keep you at, at that certain ideal and obsessed with aesthetics and everything more than health, even though they disguise it as health. So what you can do is sorry, um, just to, just to stop you. Yeah. I'm just like, ah, I love everything you're saying right now. Like literally the BMI chart is bullshit. The scale is bullshit. It's just like all of this kind of programming that us yeah. women have all the time is just like, like you said, that thin ideal, what we're supposed to look like, what the scale is supposed to say. And none of it is based off fact. And I think Oh, I just love that you're pushing this message for all of us, you know, like our body image does not like, that's not, it doesn't make us worthy. Like we're, we're innately worthy. And yes. oh, I just had to tell you that before you kept going, I'm like, preach, preach, yes, Melissa, preach. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> we are innately worthy. And when we realize that we're more than our body, cause I know for many women, they spend so much mental energy, so much time obsessing about how you look and Hey, look how you want to look, feel good. I, I'm all about anything you want to do to, you know, fashion, whatever you want, like feel good, do whatever you want. But if it's making you feel bad and if it's for someone else, if it's not for yourself and it's not making you feel good, then why are you doing it? Right? Why are we trying to find our worth and what other people say about us and, and, and expect from us? So I think, you know, overcoming that is, is doing that inner work and understanding that your value comes from more than your weight. I love the trends on Instagram where people put pictures of themselves and they just highlight like my weight is the least interesting thing about me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I, I do this, I run a business, I have a blog, I, I donate, I travel, I help orphanages. I do all this stuff. It's like, yeah, like, weight is the least interesting thing about us and our society has put so much value on it. It's making people crazy and unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just think that, I don't know, it's, it's really hard to get out of that programming of, you know, diet culture and body image, especially with social media, especially there's just so much constantly, constantly being like, put down our throats. So yeah, I'm just I'm really loving this message right now. I mean, I want to ask you um, some other kind of reasons why like you are anti-diet. Like what else do you think really is like kind of toxic about it? And, you know, do you kind of think that no one should diet or like, like you're just completely against it? So it's, I, I am against dieting. I think in some cases, some people, no matter what, are, have aesthetic goals and are going to want to count and, and, you know, do that 
cool. Live your life. I think that's fine. And there is a certain way that you can do that. Can, that can be a little, a little better. Right. I mean, it's like that you are making sure you're well nourished, that you are checking in. I think you can, my, my thing is, I think you can still listen to your body and being an intuitive eater and hit those fitness goals if you want. I mean, it's a lifestyle, right? If someone, if they have plenty of time to work out and eat a bunch of food to back up that workout, then yeah, then they can do it. But otherwise, if you're going to count calories and restrict, I, I don't think that works. I don't think that's good. If, if you're following a dieting program and you know, you're, you're counting your calories and you're like, Oh, I only have a hundred calories left, but I'm so hungry. And obviously a hundred calories isn't going to help me, you know, then no, that's not, that's not helpful. That's short term, long term. And, um, when you're in that deficit, like your body knows when you are restricting and it works against that. So you're fighting against your body and I, I can get into that a little bit, but Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I'm, I'm anti-diet is because diets don't work, right? So restrictive dieting um, is not the solution for anyone. And it's, and even especially like this war on obesity, and that's especially why we hear that message so much because, you know, we've been labeled in America, we have an obesity, obesity epidemic. And so people are like, well, what's the solution? Why are we, why do we have obesity? And why is that bad? And what's the solution? Mm -hmm. So we've heard, okay, the solution to the obesity epidemic is eat less diet, you know, cut out food groups, all these different things. Right. But we know based on the research that 95% of dieters regain the weight they lost. And for most of them, they're going to gain more and it's all within three years that so they're going to regain 95% of people. Wow. And when you're weight cycling, so even if you're, if you're losing, you know, if you're tracking, you're dieting, we know you're going to regain it and you, and you keep going back and forth, trying to lose, gain, lose, gain. That's um, weight cycling is going to lead to a slower metabolism. It's going to lead to reduced muscle tissue, lower body temperature. It can lead to eating disorders and it will increase your weight set point. So the thing with what the BMI is bullshit because it's an arbitrary num- like thing that people just created. We have way more diversity than that, right? We have yeah. different body sizes that are healthy for people and um, we can't just know that we can't just say, Oh, your ideal weight is this. We all just have a certain, uh, a weight that our body is comfortable with that things are healthy. Things are, are working well, that we're well nourished where it's enough for us. And, and that's really hard to actually, um, try to come up with a, with a calculation and to know, like yeah. our bodies are smarter. We just need to listen to the intelligence of our bodies. You know, mm-hmm. we just need to um, get in touch with our bodies and it will take care of itself. But unfortunately when you're dieting and you're following these restrictive plans um, and you're weight cycling, you're increasing that natural set point. Maybe before your body was comfortable and and happy and and healthy at 145 pounds, but after years of dieting, now it has to be at like 200 pounds. And that's kind of, you know, the, the opposite effect. That's kind of not what people want when they want weight loss anyways, and their, their reason for dieting. So it's working against that. Mm -hmm. It's just showing a way that 
you know, diets don't work and weight loss programs tout diets as this is a solution for weight loss, but no, it's actually going to make it worse for you. Wow. This is so interesting. I feel like I've never like heard this before. So this is, this is crazy to me. And I think also, I honestly think that I think that's why I love the concept of intuitive eating too, because it's more of a lifestyle change. It's not really like diets are usually so temporary and restrictive and it's not a way that people can live. And I think that's why when you were saying those stats, you know, like 95% of people gain it back. It's like, of course they do. Like, how can you follow a diet like forever? You just, exactly. you can't. And then, and, and, and they try to be smart with the marketing and say like, well, this is just your six week plan or this is your 12 week plan, but you're not going to do this forever. Then your body's going to stay there. And it's like, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not going to stay there. And you know, the industry is so big. And, and even though like, dieters fail and we have that research people don't realize that or they still think it's going to work for them because they experience the short-term results but that's all it is it's short-term results Mm. it's never going to be long-term results and it's going to backfire so it's like do you want to go into something where you know that it is for sure going to backfire on you (laughs) just for a short-term result (laughs) right right i've never thought about it that way so interesting And so, okay, so for the person listening who is sold, like I am, you know, it's just like they're sick of dieting. And I mean, obviously, besides the fact that they should probably, you know, obviously work with a coach such as yourself, what are some of the ways, just beginner 101, that we can sort of start to check in with our bodies and just beginner ways we can start to eat more intuitively? Yes. So I think the number one thing to do is get in that mentality to like reject diets and diet culture, you know, like, um, they say in the intuitive eating book created by those original creators that, you know, get mad, like just, just this, having this awareness and understanding like diets don't work is a good first step. And then the next step is to give yourself permission to eat foods, to really analyze like all those hidden way, all those hidden um, tools of diet culture, basically. So it's not just that I'm not dieting or following a diet, right? Like keto or a popular diet. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm not going to try keto then. Maybe I was thinking about that, but I'm not no, it's, it's everything. It's like restricting. It's where you feel worried about like, oh, I need to, I, I need to eat low carb or I need to cut out rice or I need to, you know, if you have an intolerance or an allergy, then sure. But if you don't, it's like all the foods that you're afraid of, or you think of as quote unquote fattening, right? If you're someone who's like, oh, I can't really eat um, donuts because that's, that's not good. That's, you know, fattening or whatever. It's really sitting down and analyzing, taking an inventory of food rules. That's what we call it. Food rules. Do I have food rules for myself and reflect on that? Like, what are the food rules I have in my life? How have I been restricting food and not allowing myself to enjoy food Mm. and any type of food? So that's the next step. It's really taking that inventory and then giving yourself permission to eat. And you can, you know, analyze how you're feeling. I mean, by then you're starting to allow yourself, give yourself permission to eat and 
um, have compassion, see how it feels, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. when you finally let yourself eat, you notice that you're eating more or you're eating less and it can wax and wane. You know, some days can look different. Hunger levels change based on our activity and sleep and all these different factors. So it's just allowing that to happen, not to try to keep stopping yourself from eating when you're hungry or when you, when you want something. Right. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I think a lot of people, you know, um, and you have a lot of content about this on your page already, but um, people, you know, they just want to like cut off carbs and cut out sweets and all this stuff. And they just feel so guilty when they indulge, like, oh, I had three cookies, stop. You know, that this is such common language. I feel like women, they're like, oh my God, I need to stop eating. Oh my God, I ate too many cookies today. And I think, you know, why are we beating ourselves up for, you know, indulging in something that we just, we want. And And I think I love what you said about kind of checking in with like what makes us feel good or just how we feel after we eat. Because honestly, like I've been learning like what types of foods and what types of meals make me feel the best and make me feel energized. And usually they are like the healthier meals. And, you know, it's not it's not because a diet told me that it's just kind of feeling that feeling and just feeling good about it. So I really love that. And I like how you bring up like what makes you feel good and what makes you feel energized. And that's important because one of the myths and what a lot of people are scared of is intuitive eating means that I just eat whatever I want and I'm just going to gain all this weight and I'm not going to be able to stop eating cookies and pizza. <laughs> you know, if I let myself yeah. do what I want and eat what I want, it's, it's going to be bad. This can be a case. So for some people, right, if you are struggling with emotional eating, if you are a binge eater, I mean, that's a thing. Like you could, you can, um, it can be, you can, you can have excess more than what's good for your body, but that's something you need to be aware of. And also working with the dietitian, um, that, and it's addressing the emotions because sometimes we do cope with, um, our emotions with food and which is, you know, it's okay to like, enjoy your food, eat for pleasure. Like if you're at a birthday, maybe you're not hungry, but it's like, Ooh, the cake sounds good. That's fine. But if you, if food is your number one coping mechanism and you don't have other healthy coping mechanisms and it turns into, I'm anytime I have any type of discomfort, uh, like an emotion that's not comfortable, I'm you know, in the pantry and I'm eating and then I feel horrible after, or I I eat to the point that I feel in pain and I'm sick. That's a sign that, okay, before intuitive eating, we need to address that, work with the therapist, work with the dietitian and develop healthy coping mechanisms to help you because intuitive eating, um, the place you want to be at as an intuitive eater is where you're listening to your body and you're learning what makes you feel good. And, and, it, and, it, and it's situational, right? Sometimes after, if you had a massive meal and you're not hungry at all and you feel stressed or something or, and you're like, mm, I'm going to eat cookies and then you eat six cookies in a row and then you feel sick, like maybe that wasn't a great choice. But if, um, you know, you feel good and you're like, oh, I want to eat some cookies and you eat six cookies because you didn't eat a meal before you were busy and whatever, and you feel better after then cool. The, the big thing with intuitive eating is just keep moving forward every day, take every day as a learning experience. 
because it's not about, oh, maybe I, I did have a bad experience one meal and I did and I didn't feel good after I ate that meal. It's not now I'm going to punish myself and I'm going to starve myself the next meal, or I'm going to work out for three hours to work off that meal. That's diet culture with intuitive eating. It's like learning like, okay, so maybe that, you know, maybe that didn't feel the best this meal. That's okay. Let me, you know, move on with my day, (laughs) go on to other more important things and try better on the next meal and continue to listen to my body and figure out what's working for me. So it's an everyday journey to help you to, to get in touch with your body. Yeah, I bet. But I think, yeah, that journey is, is so worth it. And, you know, it's way better than kind of living with that programming that we have of just like what we should weigh, what we should look like, what we should be eating. And it's honestly, it's just too much. And that's why I just really love this message. I want to go back to what you said again about, you know, people being scared of intuitive eating and just feeling like they're just going to eat and gain a bunch of weight. And so for the, for the women kind of listening right now who, you know, they do want to lose weight and they're interested in intuitive eating, but they are scared of that other than, you know, what if I know you brought up how like people kind of, eat for different reasons is that when you know you would really want to work with a coach because you know you're still gaining weight even though you feel like you're intuitively eating and things of that nature so if you're someone who's really still hyper focused on weight loss and really trying to get your body to a certain size a certain weight you want to really first reflect on that because um yeah an intuitive eating dietitian's goal is never going to be to help you to lose weight. It's going to mm-hmm. help. It's going to be to help you be healthy. Um, and we can't guarantee weight loss or anything like you can do intuitive eating and maybe you gain weight. Maybe you lose weight. Maybe you say the same. There's no way to know because your body is going to get itself to that healthy place. And it can, and it, it, to get there, like for me, for example, when I started intuitive eating, I gained weight and then I lost weight and then I got to a steady place. Mm-hmm. So, but I can't say it's going to be the same thing for everyone. Cause that's um, not the point. It's not the point to really. Yeah. And, and if health. you're struggling with that and you're like, well, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over this desire to lose weight or, or anything. And you're, you know, um, analyze why and uh really decide like what's more important that or my health and there's still that chance like you never know where you're going to end up with intuitive eating but the biggest thing is about your health um and we know weight's not a good indicator of health um so we keep focusing on weight thinking that that's part of being healthy, but weight isn't a healthy behavior. So mm-hmm. I think the big thing is if you're just focus on the healthy behaviors and you'll, you'll be all right. Yeah. Right. So if you are focusing on getting enough sleep, exercising and nourishing your body, um, then that's the goal. It's not like, let me starve my body. Let me overexercise. Let me have a lot of stress. Let me do all this in order to fit a certain number. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just to give you one quick, um, stat that a government survey showed that 51% of what's classified as overweight adults that are being targeted, right. Um, 
targeted as unhealthy because, you know, as, as soon as you go to the doctor's office, if your BMI is high, they're like, oh, you got to lose weight. Let me not even talk about any other things that you can do. Lose weight, right? right? And then people go on crazy crash diets to lose weight. But 51 of the people that are classified as overweight are metabolic, metabol oh, sorry, metabolically healthy, which means their blood works perfect. They're healthy. So they really don't have to lose weight. <laughs> they're just being told to, and then they're doing something that's going to make them metabolically unhealthy because as wow. we diet and restrict, um, our metabolism slows down, our hormones get out of whack, the ghrelin increases, the leptin decreases. Then it makes it even harder for us to actually eat in a, in a, in a good way because when you're dieting and your ghrelin's increasing or your leptin's decreasing, then the same amount of food pre-diet, right? If you had, um, if you had like a sandwich before you were a dieter, you might be satisfied after you ate it while you're dieting and, um, and you're in that restrictive calorie mode, your body kicks it into preservation mode and your metabolism slows down, those hormones get out of whack, and then your cravings will increase so much and that satiety you know, now is harder to come by. So you'll eat the sandwich and you'll still feel hungry and you'll feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And then you know, some people will um, not eat and they'll be really, um, you know, what's the word, like try to have that willpower or be like, oh, I'm not going to do it, even though I'm yeah. so hungry and feel tortured and miserable. Yeah. <laughs> and then other people will eat and break their diet and feel guilty and like a failure. But it, it's not that you're failing the diets, that diets fail us. It doesn't work. Our, mm -hmm. It goes against our bodies, biological, um, just the way we're set up basically to to diet and to do that. And we don't even have to, right? Because right. we're thinking a certain number, a certain weight makes us healthy, but it doesn't. Another really um, crazy thing is that. Mm. Um, it's so interesting. <laughs> I'm just like soaking it all in. It's so good. Yeah. Another crazy thing is that, um, you know, one in four people that are normal weight or the healthy weight, what we say is a healthy BMI, they're metabolically unhealthy. And those people are being overlooked. They're just being prejudged, you know, and being like, oh, yeah. you're so fit. You're healthy. Great. When they're not. <laughs> yeah. And they need to change some, some behaviors to get healthy. Um, and then there's also evidence. Um, so the majority of the epidemi epidemiological evidence suggests that being five pounds underweight is more dangerous than being 75 pounds overweight. So that, Whoa. yeah. So, and there's a lot of research too that shows that according to the BMI measures mm -hmm. that they saw more people in the overweight category as metabolically healthy than all other categories. Wow. More than underweight, healthy and obese that the overweight category, mm -hmm. they tended to have more of those metabolically healthy people. So it's like, so why are we striving for, you know, a certain number and whatever, everything's, yeah, it's, it's all wacky. It's all things that show us that weight does not equal health 
weight's not a good indicator for that. So once you know that, I mean, that's a big reason why people um, really want to follow diets, really want to get to a certain weight. The other one is the, is tying our worth into it, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, if you can realize these two things, that weight's not a good indicator of your health and that weight obviously is not your worth your your value comes you're so much more than your weight and your body and you can love your body you can respect your body um no matter what weight that you're you're at so you can do that maybe right now you're not but that's something too mindset you know you can get there and you should get there you deserve that because a lot of people like myself when i was at my smaller ideal weight i had the worst self esteem and self worth ever mm-hmm. so that's not going to solve anything yeah it doesn't it doesn't solve anything oh my god Whew. such a beautiful message thank you so much melissa like seriously this kind of this really debunked so much for me and just kind of listening to you explain everything, it like it's not about weight. It's not all of this stuff has been programmed into us, and it's not based on fact. It's based on ideal, un like idealistic like beauty standards and unrealistic beauty standards of just being thin. And thin is what you should be. Thin is healthy, and that's not always the case. And I think I think this is such an eye opener for me and for anyone listening who, you know, may have struggled with their weight and they just are are at a crossroads. And I think this is just a huge way to let people know that they don't have to worry about, you know, what's on the scale or, you know, if they're considered overweight by this chart that someone made up. And I just think it's absolutely beautiful. So really, thank you so much for sharing this. Like everyone is really going to love this. Yes. Awesome. And I know some people might think or bring up, well, there's all these studies that show, or when I did lose some weight, my health did improve. And yes, that can happen. But like I said, that's the short term results. So you can, if you do it in that way, that detrimental way of restrictive dieting, then your metabolism slowing down, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. So you might have the short term results, but within three years, it's all gonna, you know, go to hell. So set set yourself up the right way, you know, set yourself up um, without restrictive dieting. So you can experience the long term results. And it's tough. I mean, it's still important that, you know, the principles of intuitive eating, we're not throwing away nutrition, we're not saying like, you're just eating whatever you want. And nutrition doesn't matter. Nutrition totally matters. Evidence based nutrition, like trying to get a certain amount of protein and fiber, like all these things. Yes. All that matters. And that's the last principle of intuitive eating. So, but it's, it's, it's flexible. It's gentle. It's not rigid. It's like, you have that awareness, you're working, you're eating mindfully, you're exercising mindfully. You know, that each day is going to look different. You don't have to follow a rigid plan. You're listening to your body. So like I said, in the beginning, it's, it's blending the instinct and emotion and thought. So the thought is like what we know about nutrition we're incorporating that too like we're we're understanding like yes fruits and vegetables are good for us yes whole grains all these things we want to be eating that but that's not all we have to eat we can it's good to have a variety in your diet and that's healthy as well because it's good to take care of 
um, ourselves emotionally too. And when we have those cravings, it's okay. We can, we can um, enjoy, we can, uh, the best way to get rid of cravings basically is to eat the food that you're craving. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, exactly. Oh, I love this. Thank you so much. Can you please tell people, you know, um, where they can find you, how they can work with you, you know, just. Yes. So right now, um, everything is through Instagram. I'm, a, I'm updating my website, but I don't really want to give that right now because um, it might not be ready. But Instagram <laughs> is intuitive dot eating dot mindset. Mm-hmm. So I offer one-on-one coaching. Um, and I have a free uh, three-day food freedom challenge too. So if you're interested, if you're wondering and you want to start taking action, you can sign up by sending me a DM and it's just going to help you work through releasing, you know, dieting mentality, making peace with food and start to work on um, listening to your body's internal cues. So if you want to do the challenge, you can, if you want to work with me, everything, send me a DM on Instagram. Yes, please follow her, you guys. She has such good content. And if you feel compelled to work with her, do that as well. Because I just think that, you know, really healing your relationship with food and, you know, just being like not in this diet culture is just so beneficial. And I just love, you know, what Melissa stands for. So thank you so much again for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was great to be here and to talk to you. Awesome. So I'll have all of um, Melissa's links and stuff in the um, show notes, you guys. So we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.